So do you think I should never drink again? Nate, you're, you're, God, you are, you are Burt Kreischer sitting here in this seat. <laughs> yeah, like shit without, me all the time. without any of the money, uh, fame, <laughs> property, or support of a family. That, support of the wife, yeah. Yeah, this or, is just, it, I got to take this back alone later, Yeah. Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. After Dark. We appreciate you being here. The phone number 818-253-1693 for those glorious voice messages as well as the emails you're sending us at drafterdark at gmail.com. Appreciate that. And do, please do support the people who support the show so Tom lets me keep doing these things and uh, tell a friend about this show. We'd like to uh, keep the, the YMH faithful happy. And uh, if you have suggestions or anything or people you'd like me to interview, uh, send it to that Dr. After Dark Gmail site. And uh, the boys are looking through it. Gentlemen, are you good? Hell yeah. Hey now, hey now. All right, so Joe DeRosa, stand-up comedian, podcaster, restaurateur, six stand-up albums and specials, Taste Buds podcast with San Volcano of Impractical Jokers. Uh, (laughs) Debate which of two foods are better, (laughs) is better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Joe hosts uh, We'll See You in Hell podcast, where he and Patrick Walsh review uh, different uh, film every week, which is fantastic. Yeah, mostly genre movies. Uh, let, where, how far down should we go? The pop-up sandwich shop. Keep going. Down I'm loving the East this. Village. Uh, <laughs> neighborhood sell sandwiches. I don't have six specials. I have six <laughs> albums and three, two half hours and one hour special. I don't want to make it sound like I have six hour specials. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Joe <laughs> Joe DeRosaInfo.com and Instagram is Joe DeRosa Comedy. Welcome. Good to see you. Good to see you. Nice and, to meet uh, you. Here we are in Austin, right? Yeah. Love Austin. And it's cold. Weird, weirdly, but not. But the but the uh, locals are telling me this is a heat wave uh, for, I, for this area. I lived here for a year. I don't remember how cold it. This was a long time ago. I don't remember how cold it got at this time of year. But I did notice, and this happens with me. It was eighty degrees up until the day I landed, yeah. and then the day that I leave, it goes back up to eighty again. I yeah. have an effect I bring with me to places. So I bring rain, I bring snow, I bring snow. <laughs> Although I was in New York a couple weeks ago, and it was seventeen degrees, and then fifty when I got there. Yeah, um, New York is real cold right now. It sucks. It wasn't last week. Last week, you remember last week? It was. You might have forgotten by now. It well, well, yeah. I think I guess it was in the. When I left this week, it was in the 30s. I think it was in the 40s last week. Yeah, you know, it was 50s. It, it was 50s. Was it 50s? Yeah, it got warm. I think you just said that, and I didn't hear you say yeah. that. <laughs> didn't because because you I'm forget sorry. it because the cold is so miserable with that wind and stuff. People forget. People forget New York's a maritime city. You know what I mean? They used to yeah. sail into that port. That's why it's there. Yeah, and that wind still goes. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's it's. I used to have a bit about that about how each city block, like the about the bit was about how the city just destroys you yeah. until you snap and start talking to yourself. That's why you see so many people talking to themselves in New York. But one of the lines was, every city block is a wind tunnel. Like, yeah. It's just brutal. Like yeah. Every element of that city mm. is like, the buildings will block the sun. Yes. The buildings will create a wind tunnel. Right. The buildings will force your garbage onto the streets. Yes. The rats will descend on your garbage. The homeless will yell at you. Yeah. Like it's like it's just one thing after the next. Yeah, You're brutal. like, please, can I just have a breath for a second? 
you know? That's why I love it. Come on now. It's wild. I, I always find it odd when people harken back to the 70s as though this was a glorious area. I know you like the Lower East Side, where it, which is a vestige of some of that stuff. Yeah. But were you actually there in the 70s? Do you remember what that was really was like? there in the 70s? I'm just saying. How old do you think I, I am? I, I don't know. You might have grown <laughs> up there. I don't no, know. No, no. I'm 40. Even if yeah, I was born in I, I can't do the math. I'm so fucking old now. I can't do the math. I assume everybody's been around as long as I have. Well, I was there in the 70s. I was in college in the 70s. I, I would have been there. I, no, I didn't grow up there. I grew up outside of Philly, which was also no walk in the park in yeah. the 80s. But I would have been there in the 80s, which is yeah. still, you're still getting some of that good. You, oh, you're just you're just coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. 42nd Street still looked kind of like it did in the 70s. What's funny, when we opened, so so I, I co-owned this bar, Joey Rose's, with my buddy Paul Italia. Sandwich shop and bar in, under one roof. And um, when we modeled it and, and designed it and stuff, we designed it after all of those old spots. Beautiful. In old New York movies, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, we looked up speakeasies in old movies from the 70s and 80s in oh New my York. God, that's great. And um, kind of looks like the set of, yeah. uh, what was that movie with De, De, uh, Franco uh, about the porn industry in the 70s? The yeah, bar he worked at was exactly, just like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly like the that. The main one we, we, we really <clears throat> went for, the sign outside is not a New York movie, but it's designed after, the, after James Kahn's bar in Thief, which I think is Chicago. But anyway, the, the, I bring it up not to plug, but to, to say we, we really tried to capture that, that smutty era of New York. God, the sandwiches look about. like cats. I mean, they really have that kind of yeah, overstuffed quality. We bake all our bread every day, and, and uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. It's Has fun. it been fun to do that? I mean, restaurants are nefariously it's, difficult. It's been the most stressful thing I've ever uh, done. That's what I figured. Uh, it has put a new layer of anxiety icing on top of all the other anxiety I had already from doing stand-up, podcasting, acting, and being single and not owning a home into my mid-40s. Let's get into that. <laughs> so so other than circumstantial yeah, anxiety. Yeah, let's get into it because I forgot to set my BetterHelp session for this week. <laughs> That's fantastic. So let's go. So you, you uh, when I met you at the front door, you said uh, you'd stopped your anxiety meds or some meds for something. So I have, let me, I'll make it easy on you. I have anxiety disorder. I've had journalist anxiety my whole life. Uh, there's different flavors of anxiety. There are mm -hmm. people that uh, anxiety leads into depression. Yeah. And there are people that depression creates anxiety. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. And the, in my world, the people that have more of the depression that goes towards anxiety tends to have more of an OCD flavor. Okay. And so I have lots of obsessive compulsive stuff that these gentlemen will tell you all about and give me shit about on a regular oh, basis. Wow, okay. That's um, interesting. But you know, I, I look at all of these qualities that our brains have mm -hmm. that we inherit through evolutionary biology as having assets and liability. Sure. Right. So in medicine, having OCD is extremely helpful because you check okay. and you double check and you doubt yourself and you you know, even when you sure you checked, you check it again. Wow. And that was okay. very, very helpful for many, many years. Uh, and it was, it, and there's no effort to that. You just, mm -hmm. you just do it because that's your anxiety makes you do it. Um, but I went into therapy when I was like about 33 because the anxiety was driving my wife crazy. And uh, so it's so ahead. funny. I thought you meant you, when you said I went into therapy. I thought you meant like you were did a therapy. Therapist. Well, I know yeah. I've done lots of work. Yeah, for but, people, but you meant no. You went in. I went in for, for this like is 10 like, years. You're like it's so interesting because I never knew this about any of this about you. Uh, you know, I watched Love Line and, and I've heard your radio show and, and some of the podcasts and, and I'm very familiar with you, obviously. Um, but 
I never knew this side of you or about this side. And you're, you're almost like a, uh, you're like Nurse Jackie. It's like you're the healthcare person, but you have hey, all these look, things going there's on. There's a reason that the people that work in recovery are often in recovery. Yeah, it, it helps you. Wow. And, and the other thing, because I had bad enough anxiety that I really needed to clean things up, it, uh, I became an instrument that I could really use for other people. It was very helpful. That's interesting, too, because I'm, when I talk to friends and my friends are in you know, certain emotional dilemmas and stuff like that, I'm very, and I only say this because they often say to me, like, dude, this is great. Like, you're good at this. Like, I'm very good at giving advice. I'm very good at giving sound, mm -hmm. practical advice. Mm -hmm. I'm terrible at figuring it out for myself. I always have to talk to somebody else, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, I think that's a weird it's 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 almost i feel like it's almost like with anxiety it's like being in aa where it's like you could be a good sponsor to somebody but it doesn't mean you're not an alcoholic and don't have your own struggle going correct you know that you that, need absolutely. somebody to talk to you about oh yeah but but the the and i don't know if this is a difference or if it's what you're doing is that before you can be a sponsor, you have to have your shit together. You have to be in the I program know, I, I a while. Shit I mean, but I doubt out the I mean, advice. Still an alcoholic. <laughs> They're still an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. But they've worked on their shit and done the process. So, so um, what's your? So, what, how did you learn that you had anxiety? I mean, how old were you? When you it first? was the you know being shot awake at uh, all hours with a stomachache. You know, I and mean, so you're I, physical. You were having somatic. It manifested. Uh, I, I, you know, you, you, I could go as far back as you know ad adoption and 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 the abandonment issues that come along with that. And do you ever talk about that in therapy? Uh, I have in the past. My current therapist, we haven't gotten to it yet. We're so that's sort about of other stuff. Abandonment sort of dovetails into attachment, and so are there attachment yeah. issues? I definitely have. I not in the sense of I don't get overbearing. But I get my feelings hurt very easily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I often think that, uh, you know, like Ryan, who works here, who's a friend of mine, was just in the studio before we started. And he said a really nice thing to me. He said a really nice compliment. And my reaction was, oh, that's, that's so nice. That's so surprising to hear. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. Because my head doesn't work where I think people are going to compliment me. I feel like everybody's going, What's up with that How asshole? How do we edge this guy out? You so, know what I mean? Like, well, it's interesting. It's that you, terrible. But it's interesting. <laughs> but it, but it's interesting. You frame it as edging out, right? right? How do we leave this guy? How do we put him out? How do we abandon this dude? When I asked Ryan, if he again, who's an old friend, yeah, hey, if you're around, can you come to one of my shows this weekend? Yeah, I was expecting him to go. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And he goes, he does me one better. He goes, yeah, I already bought tickets, <laughs> and I was like. Wait, what? And then you're like, oh, wait, no, people like, and they like you. It's yes. okay. Yes. Not everybody is trying to get away from you. So, so but it's just where my head goes. Well, it's yeah, terrible. And the Dom thinks it's funny. Yeah, there. <laughs> like, it is kind of funny. I just sense, you know, I'm Jewish. I have, <laughs> I have those tendencies. But, 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 he, but, but here's the deal people would want to tell you, you got to work on that and get rid of that. It's yeah. like, no, you, you can't. That's going to be your frame. That's sort of the, your, that's your position. It's an interesting what, approach to therapy, but, Drew. But listen, yeah. but listen, <laughs> but, but listen, you can manage it. Sure, sure. And yeah. it can become an, all these things can become assets. Yeah, I, right? I agree. I agree. And, and so it becomes who you are. I'm like, uh, let me think about my own stuff. I, uh, it doesn't come to mind for me, but. But I, you know, I have my own sort of, I have difficulty connecting with my own primary feelings. Like that was my task in therapy. Like feelings were way out in the distance and I couldn't sure. quite feel them. And uh, I still have to pay attention or guess what? 
I pass them by, mm-hmm. and then I get anxious. Right. Because anxiety is the only thing I feel. And so, so there you go. And by the way, my, for me, as long as he makes you feel good to hear about my shit, uh, my awareness, you know, sorry, understanding that I had mental health issues came in when I was 19. So usually 18 to 22 is when this stuff all starts. Yeah. I started having disabling panic attacks. Okay. Like, like couldn't get out of bed, couldn't function. I didn't know why. I didn't have panic attacks. I've had them before. They're fun, huh? Uh, yeah, it's I did. Good times. They're yeah, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, like, it's just people horrible. don't understand that. How could it be the worst thing ever? Yeah, a heart attack isn't worse. It's, it's like, well, when you're in it, it feels worse. I'd rather have a heart attack because you can point at that. A panic attack yeah. feels like I don't know if you've done drugs in your lifetime, mm-hmm. but but Few. I've Few. done many. Huh. And yeah, uh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. That helps with anxiety always. A panic attack feels like I, when you're on a bad trip, yeah. when you're on a bad mushroom or acid trip, yeah. and it is full on and it's bad and you cannot. People say, I hate when people go, well, you just tell yourself it's a drug. No, That's no, not no. how your brain works. Yeah. Um, it's a trapped feeling. You're yeah. trapped in it. That's what a panic attack feels like. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And a bad trip, if you've ever experienced one, is is a nightmare. And a panic attack feels the same way. But, so I've had them. I, I, had, I didn't have them frequently. My anxiety started to manifest same time around late teens. Uh, at the same time, though, that my confidence started to bud. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I started to play, I was playing in bands, and entertainment was always a way for for me to meet women. I was never very good at it without having a device of some kind. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's pretty much everybody that does music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, probably. It's well, a lot of them. And then comedy, big time for me, was <laughs> was how I just dated, you know. Um, but like, but it was, but it was. So it was that confidence budding, and then anxiety also budding. But I, I, and I was in therapy, but I steered pretty heavily into uh, the, the partying life and, and all that. And, and I still drink. It's funny, I was watching a clip of Burt Kreischer today, this morning, when I couldn't, I was up all night, I didn't sleep at all. Mm. Not partying. Anxiety. I, anxiety, I couldn't sleep. And we'll, and we'll talk about it, but um, it's, I'm going to just take the show over, Drew. Listen, yeah, go. Uh, Makes it easy for me. <laughs> I'm entertained, so I assume they are too. Anyway, do we have any voicemails? We will. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> we'll get there. No, but um, but we. So I was watching YouTube videos because I do that when I can't sleep. They yeah. comfort me. Yeah. And um, I was I got on to 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 you. Mm-hmm. I was watching your videos, and then that led me into to Tom and to Bert. And I was just watching, and I and landed the, on that's, this. That's the worst rabbit hole I've ever heard. <laughs> but, but, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I ended up on Bert, and and he said on Theo Vaughn's podcast, he said, Theo Vaughn said, "Do you think you're an alcoholic?" And Bert and Bert and I have talked about this so much, and he goes, "No." He goes, "Doctor Drew is my litmus, and I think that I'm somebody that drinks too much, but not an alcoholic." And and he talked about what you guys talk about, and I was like, "Man, Bert and I have talked about that because mm. Bert is one of the only guys I know." Bert and I, between our mutual friends, have been compared. When I talked about drinking and stuff, mm-hmm. they'll be like, hey, you're like Kreischer, man, you know, you know, and Bert and I have talked about it. And, um, and then on top of it, what he was saying that you had said to him about it, I was like, this is what every therapist, except one I've ever had has said to me about mm-hmm. it. My, they're, they're all, it's, it's like, what do we say? You're not an alcoholic. You're somebody that abuses alcohol. Right. And there's a difference. There's a difference. And the definition of why those two things are different is always a little bit different mm-hmm, b- mm-hmm. depending on who you're talking to. Yeah, true. But I've often, I've often said to myself, like, well, I know, and, and he's, the things he was saying, I was like, my God, this is the thing in my head. Like, 
He's like, I know when I need to slow down. And I'm like, yep. And you go, all right, let's just take a few days off here. Mm -hmm. Let's calm it down. But the reason I say I don't think I'm an alcoholic is when I am out and I end up getting too drunk, it is never about getting more drunk. Mm -hmm. That part is just the activity. It's the, it's the connection with human beings. See, that's interesting. It's not wanting to go home it's very interesting. and sit in the apartment yeah. or the lust and allure of what awaits around the corner from this. And I live in New York, so it's like New York is like, hey, dude, you might be ready to go home at 3.30 and at 3.45, the night of your fucking life might begin. So, And it's happened to me many times. Fear of missing out also. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. So so in a, in a way you're using is sort of a, a way of managing social, a kind of social phobia, which is sure. it, give, it gives you confidence. You don't worry oh, yeah. about your self-esteem stuff. You don't yep. worry about the abandonment issues. Your anxiety is sort of down and you just zoom on. And my and, greatest game that I've ever dropped were in moments with drinks. And as a bachelor, it becomes hard to talk yourself out of the assist of alcohol. Yeah. Now, as I get older, I'm getting much better at managing the other times in life and becoming transparent when I need to be. You know, I'm supposed to go do Drinking Bros today, which is another podcast. I called the, uh, the coordinator and producer, and I, I, said, um, I said, I know we're supposed to do two. Could we do earlier? And he was like, it's possible. Why do you ask? I said, I'm, I'm going to be really transparent with you. I couldn't sleep at all last night. I had anxiety. I think it's because I had to get up early to do Dr. Drew's podcast and I was scared I was going to miss my alarm or something. Mm -hmm. I have two big shows tonight and I need at some point to be able to take a nap. I know this sounds like I'm being some kind of prima donna. I swear to God, I'm not. I'm just being really honest with you as to why I'm asking. And he was like, dude, thanks for being so transparent. Yeah, you know what? We could do one if that's cool. And I was like, thank you, man. I'm getting so much better at just being like, hey, dude, like respectfully. This Representing is, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, asserting yourself. That's yeah. Cool. And then socially, too, I'm getting better as I get older at like, yeah, you can still be funny and charming and, and talkative when you don't have a drink in your hand. But I will say my smoothest hour was always, you know, you, you, you get that. Per Jay Moore used to have a joke about the perfect buzz. Where he go? He would go. You're, he go. Uh, you go. You're at Dave and Buster's on the basketball game. And he goes. He goes. You got. You got. You got a key bump and two Budweisers in you, and you're sinking threes. And he goes. You're just in the zone. I was like, that's the best description I've ever heard of what it feels like when you're buzzed perfectly. Nothing. You're just like you're 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 floating. A, you're gliding across the floor. And it's different. And it's interesting bringing up Jay. God. I love you, Jay. Uh, didn't go to a good place for him. He's no, had to, he's no. had to get sober. Yeah. And for you guys, you and Bert, uh, I've talked to Bert a lot about this. So, so the way we really define something as an issue is if a it has affects your functioning, mm -hmm. you know, or your health. And you can easily get Bert can easily get there, right? I mean, he's there essentially, right. and so he has to sort of do something about that. The other issue is losing control. And I keep telling him, if you lose control, well, now, now we got to treat you. Now that's alcoholism per se. Right. Now, you're, both of you do a lot of deal-making. Yeah. Uh, making deal-making with yourself. And you know, I'm going to do this if I do that. Blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of part of alcoholism. I know. Even though I don't think, I, by what you're describing the way I know Bert, you haven't lost control. You're, it really is something you use, for lack of a better word, as a crutch. Uh, it's, it's a way of managing 
abandonment, anxiety, yeah. social phobia, all that good stuff. And for him being the party, keeping his brand going or whatever it is that that does for him. And one day it's got to be dealt with. That's all. I mean, it's bottom line. Yeah. I just got, I, I've, I've been diagnosed with fatty liver like three times. That's not good. That is you know? the precursor to cirrhosis. I know. It can be. Can also not Jesus, be. Jesus, you are which making is... deals with yourself. You are really. It, it when you get cirrhosis, it is the precursor. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Not all fatty liver goes so, to cirrhosis. Oh man, I was really hoping you'd be like, uh, that's everybody gets that because everybody does get it. Women get it. Women get it right. really easily. They about five times more likely than a man. And then it says it says in the literature about it, it just goes away after two weeks. So I took if off, you stop drinking. I didn't drink for a full month. <laughs> I didn't drink for a full month. Does that mean it went away? For the time being, yes. Until you start drinking again. Then How it fast come back. does it come back? You know, I've never really thought about that. Um, it does go away. Sometimes it persists, too. Sometimes it doesn't go away. And I've never right. really understood why there's that difference. Some people it resolves. Some people it doesn't. Um, and it can be, and it can be, it in itself can be its own disease process, right? Without cirrhosis, you can actually die of liver failure with fatty liver. Okay. That happens oh, sometimes. That's good. Yeah, nice. But that's the people that keep drinking. But here's the weird part. My liver numbers are fine. Yeah, it's the worst way to assess liver. Oh. Uh, pro, pro time, <laughs> the, blo the blood tests are not... If you, if you have elevated liver enzymes, that's a specific thing. We know something's going on, but having no, normal doesn't tell us anything. Oh, it's, it's really what it feels like when we examine it, what else is going on in your body, that kind of stuff. I wanted to get a liver scan, uh, ultrasound, because... Yeah, you, that'll I, tell you a I lot. Did, no, I got one. Yeah. That's how we knew we had it. Yeah. Because I'm like, I said to my doctor, who's a good doctor? I was like, I drink. I, I've been a drinker. I've had fatty liver before. We should probably just check it. He was like, you're, I'm telling you, you're being like, you're, you're being, you're, you're worrying. Yeah. Like your, your blood work is good. Your cholesterol's a little high. We're going to treat it. Mm -hmm. But but he was like, I do want you to get, to get a heart scan to be safe. The calcium be scan. Yeah, which I did. Good. And I'm okay. Um, he's okay like, or 0.0? I was. I went to a cardiologist. I got every heart test, yeah. and the cardiologist was like, "Nothing I, functional." I think the worst thing. I did have some calcium, some calcium buildup, but she was she. I had thirty percent blockage in one artery, and, and then she, they put you on a treadmill and didn't do it. Nothing. Did the stress test? Okay. She's like, "You passed that." Would you? Right, so we got to get that cholesterol down. Yeah. That's so I'm, so I started taking Lipitor, mm -hmm. and I started also rough on the liver. <sighs> God, you're killing me here. Just man. saying. Ay ay ay. So I got it. <sighs> So should I stop so, taking Lipitor? No, no. Think about that thinking for a second. <laughs> Think about that. I'm say, taking Lipitor to make sure my heart disease doesn't progress. You have minor heart disease. It doesn't progress. It's a little tough on the liver. My drinking is what the problem is. I better stop the Lipitor. <laughs> so so, so it's, that is interesting thinking. But, but, but what happened with the liver scan, the ultrasound? It just, it was, you know, it was, it just said. Fatty liver. Patient has fatty liver. Yeah. You know, was your doctor surprised? No, but I did say to him, I said, remember, I'm the one that said, let's get that scan. You, you know, you, you need didn't to pay attention. To. Yeah, you got to pay attention. You know, uh, so. And, and by yeah. the way, and I know what your head did. Perfect doctor for me. I can keep on drinking. He won't care. <laughs> so. He was, he was very much like, you need to slow everything down. Okay. His assessment was, you don't have to quit drinking. You have to moderate how you drink. Mm. And I said, uh, I don't know if I'm able to do that. I said, I, I use it in a certain way mm. and that's all there is to it. So I probably have to live a life where I drink. I have big days here and there. Yeah. 
or I just don't drink. Do you? Do which you, is neither has happened. I just I I was off. I did. So, I was doing so well, and then the holidays hit. Yeah. And it was party after party, and you slide back into the habits. Do you know anything about your f- biology of your family of origin? I did like the DNA things that everybody says you're not supposed to do now, but I don't have any predispositions or no alcoholism or anything that you know of there. Well, I don't know if Twenty Three and Me can tell you that, but uh, no, right? It's not. A, but I, definitely but, no predispositions. You to didn't find anybody disease or anything like that. No, no, third, fourth cousins. I think were the closest. Do you, could you tell what your genetic heritage was? Where you were from? Mm-hmm. Where was that? Uh, mostly Arab, African, okay, Northern African, Egyptian. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that means anything. It, it doesn't not mean anything, <laughs> but it's not as like Irish. You know, <laughs> Central Europeans like okay, uh, North American Indian. Then you get a pretty good burden of of gene for this. So here's my question with fatty. Like, I I want to tell you this med story, but uh, really bad because it 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 relates to you in a weird way. But um, my question is if if the only way to nobody gets an ultrasound on their their liver unless their numbers are all screwy. No, no, no. A good doctor who knows liver disease. Based on what we feel, we'll do it too. And okay. See. And we, the, the best way is physical exam. Oh, physical? What what we feel when we push feel the liver, my liver. What's what's going on in the, the skin? What we see, like your palms. There's all kinds of stuff. Can, can you see. do it now? I mean, I can look at your palms, and you know. You, you want to feel my liver? I mean, you have a little. See that redness? Yeah. We both have. That's the lighting. So that's good. Uh, you don't have any. No jaundice. No jaundice. And you don't have any of the usual sort of. I, I'd have to really go over all your skin, like up in here and stuff. Yeah, you don't have the stigmata, as we say, of significant What's liver disease. What's the stigmata? Signs. Okay, can you press my liver? And Not you? without lying you down, doing a whole thing. And I know you want me to do that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. And, and by the way, I, I may or may not be able to feel your liver, right? Sometimes you can't quite get it. So do you think I should never drink again? You're, you're, God, you are you are Bert Kreischer sitting here in this seat. <laughs> yeah, shit without, me all the time. without any of the money, uh, fame, <laughs> property... Or support of a family. Support of the wife, yeah. Yeah, this or, is just, I got to take this back alone later, yeah? I, I understand. I, I, I go into the drinking bros after you, this. You, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. It's your, but here's the thing. If you can prevent, if you can not hurt yourself and not lose control, whatever. Do what you want to do. But But if you can't and things start happening and progressing, in other words, things start happening to you of a functional nature, health, finance, relationship, school, work, uh, legal, something, things are happening in that area, then you got to really start to look at it, and, and you might need help with that. that How do you, like, so that's, that's easy, right? Because I can tell you now, I don't lose. Control. No, you're fine now. That's what I'm saying, is that, but you could get there. Right, right. And, and, then, and then you have to, it's a lot of work, and you have to really, really be ready yeah. and want to. You're now that you're sort of this in this contemplative phase. You're thinking about it. You're looking at it. I should control it, so control it. But if you can't, and things happen, then you're going to want to. Change From a change. strictly uh, physical standpoint, yes, health standpoint, or with, f- it, with health, sorry. yeah, with the fatty liver diagnosis. <laughs> we're making deals now. Here we go. But my question <laughs> we're is, we're is, make a big old deal with. God, it's at this point. My question is: Is what is you know? Is that you know? As a doctor, would you be like, dude, fatty liver? Yeah, don't have a drink. Or well, of course, and we have to go. That's what we have to do. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, This could go to cirrhosis. I can't predict. Right. I can't be responsible for that. It's okay. It's also responsible to say to you, "It's your life. Do what you will." You know. But I have to say, "Mm." Bird has to have it. He's so fucking fat, though. You can't even do an ultrasound on him. You'd have to do a CAT scan. 
Yeah, I, I'm not he kidding. He has to have it. Because ultrasounds, you can't really see through all that fat. So we'd have to literally do a CAT scan on him to find out what the fuck is going on. And he'll never sit still for that. Well, yeah, yeah. No, the, uh, the, uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, I know for a fact, absolutely, I can't deny this. I know for a fact that my anxiety, to bring it back to anxiety. To you. Bring it back to you. Yeah, yeah. My anxiety is better. When I'm not drinking. Of course. It, it, you get in withdrawal the day after drinking, you know? and that accelerates your anxiety. What about these meds? What happened to the meds? Well, I stopped. I used to take, uh, you know, I don't know the technical terms for them, but I was on you, Prozac. I'm going to guess. Here's my, here's, here's my, I'm going to read your mind. Sure. I took SSRIs. It helped my anxiety, but I couldn't come, and our libido was down, so fuck that stuff. Well, <clears throat> no, actually. That happened with Zoloft. Uh, and then I, that was a long time ago. And then I got on Prozac. I got on Prozac. When I moved to LA, I got on Prozac and I started doing cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh, that's good. And that changed my life. Mm. It was great. And then my therapist eventually left the, the place I was at. And, and I, we, we had kind of done about two years together and we were in a good place and I, we stopped therapy. Was your drinking down during all that? Yes. Interesting. Uh, because I was also, because that was the first time I got told I had fatty liver. Mm-mm. So I went on paleo diet for, for two months. I lost a lot of weight. I was exercising. Yeah, I was doing everything right. Yeah. Because LA is, you know. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, guys. it's vapid enough that it will put a flame under your ass. You know, you don't want to be the ugliest guy in the room everywhere you go. It's a tough city to, Hollywood is tough, you know. So it, it it motivated me though a little bit to to take better care. Uh, also too, you can't find like you know you, you go to a fucking food truck in L.A. and it's like you know it's like a, you know kale hot dog is like the yeah. fun food uh, you yeah. know sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I I I was doing really well. Um, not that I'm not doing well. I don't want to make it sound like I'm a disaster right now. But 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 I was I was definitely. In a in a in a healthy zone that mm. I, that I hadn't been in before that, um, and eventually, I felt that Prozac had sort of, you know, kind of flatlined for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. It does. It wasn't really doing anything, mm-hmm. so I went off of it, and then I went back on it, mm-hmm. and then I went off of it again, and I I followed the you know I had my I was guided through all that. I wasn't stopping and starting sporadically or anything. And then uh, the you know all of this stuff came crashing back down again, and it was horrible. And uh, then I went on, um, what's the what's Lex? Maybe it was Lexapro. Lex when you say things came crashing down, you got depressed. So during the lockdown, mm. the first lockdown, and I, you know, in, in New York, it was really tough because we got hit crazy. first. It was wild. It was like walking around a city. Like I, I felt like I was walking around ancient ruins. Like once yeah. there was a great city, and yeah. people left one day. It's it like, was Jesus. it was crazy, and everybody was jumping ship. Mm. And I was living in this studio apartment that had no light, and and it's awful. It was a, it was an old tenement building. The hallways were very dirty. Oh my goodness. It was at the time when you know they thought you could get it from touching a railing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Terrible. It was horrible. It was the most depressed I ever was. Uh, I would. S- I, it was the only time in my life I had people saying to me, I'm worried about you. Do I need to come get you? Mm. Because people thought I was going to kill myself. Mm. And I wasn't. But I would say that if there was ever a time somebody could have given me a shove, that was probably it. Mm. I mean, as it was for a lot of us. It it's was horrible. a horrible, horrible time. 
So in amidst all that, I found a therapist. Her name was Johanna. She was really wonderful. And she said, I can treat you, and we can do it over the phone. Wow. Because nobody's allowed anywhere. Jesus. And it's my doctor. My doctor's name is... Mm. Well, I, maybe I shouldn't say my doctor's name. Yeah. But, but my doctor, um, he ran... He's a he's a general practitioner, but he he ran the he ran at this clinic mm-hmm. this facility mm-hmm. that also offered mental stuff. So I've got my GP from mm-hmm. that from mm-hmm. her, Good. and um, and he was a, a godsend. He didn't charge, mm. he didn't charge at all during COVID and well after. I mean, he, the man's a saint. Uh, so I didn't at the time have insurance. I was the brokest I ever was in my life because I had just moved from LA mm. to New York. And the, the idea was, I'll, I'll do a bunch of stand-up and that'll carry me until whatever. And then that ended. Mm. I, I had nothing. It was, the, it was horrible. Anyway, I said to my therapist, I said, look, I, I have to go on something because I'm in a bad way. Mm. She goes, well, let's get you back on Prozac. So I went back on, took it for a while. Things turned around. Work came back. We opened the bar. I got back on my feet. That's a whole other very long story, but it's a, it's a it good was, story. It was a quite, yeah, it was yeah. a quite beautiful one hmm. uh, or uplifting one. So anyway, so, but then, so when I say crashing back down, it was kind of, we had gotten through all that. And then all of a sudden I was just like, I can't sleep. And hmm. I'm just, and just uh, it was horrible. So. I went on Lexapro. That made me like like rageful. Oh like, boy. It was horrible. Like and I was like and I said outburst. Outburst yeah. of rage. Yeah. And not, not irritability, but these boom, these outbursts. Yes. Yeah. And I already have enough of a hard time containing my you know, I grew up in a loud household. I have anger. Was there trauma growing up too? I would say there was emotional scarring okay. from the yelling and stuff. So, so stuff you could deal with in therapy. It was know. a classic mm. Italian-American household. It mm. was in the 80s. It was loud. It was, you know, mm. it, was, it, it was a lot of... I love my parents dearly, but it was a lot of fighting. I was the only child. It was tough mm. at times. Um, so anyway, that... I was like, I got to get off Lexapro. I got to get off Lexapro. And my doctor said, okay, let's try this other thing. I forget what it's called. Forgive me. I said, okay. He goes, it's not going to induce the rage. It's not going to create, you know, it's not going to counterbalance anxiety with depression or vice versa. He goes, but you can get these things called brain zaps. When you withdraw. Well. When you come off it. He said, if, if you don't take it with regularity. Right. And it, you miss any, you'll get these. these yeah, electrical. you miss a day, you get so it. So that's Effexor or Paxil or Cymbalta. You got one of those going. So, yeah. So <clears> those have like, terrible withdrawal associated with them. Yeah. So I, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. And, uh, and Zoloft can do this, that too, though. So some of them, you know, but, but classically, Effexor and Paxil do it. So. so I went on it, and uh, sure enough, because of my road schedule and, You'd miss some. and traveling, I miss a day here. I I take it at Miserable. five p.m. one day, yeah. at nine a.m. the next day, Mm-mm. and um, I start getting brain zaps. That's fun, isn't it? <laughs> it sounds so benign when you describe it, but they are one of the most miserable things people can get. It fa- for me, it felt like the beginning of a panic attack. 
where the room is kind of going. Yeah, it's just an odd, unpleasant feeling, yeah. So I'm in L.A. It's coming around to how this pertains to you. I'm in L.A. I'm on Bobby Lee's. Oh, yeah. On uh, Tiger Belly. Yeah. I'm talking to Bobby. We're having this really intense discussion because they had just broken up. Mm-hmm. She, she, she wasn't there. He was there. We, and we, we were having this really intense discussion about relationships and monogamy. And we're, we're sitting right across from there and we're staring at each other. And I started having one of these things. And he's kind of going yeah. like this. And yeah. I'm like, and I don't say anything. And I'm like, okay, you've gotten this before. It's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Passes after like a minute. I'm cool. Mm. I get through it. We're fine. Two days later. The, ne- the night after that, I have a, I have, I'm doing my new hour that I've been touring around with for one of the very first times at the Hyperion, Lyric Hyperion in L.A. Show's sold out. Andrew Santino comes down and opens the show, which was awesome. He's a really good friend. It, the party vibes were in the air, you know? I'm like, this is great. We all go out after the show, get drunk, whatever. I wake up the next day, I, my voice is almost gone because after I had COVID for the second time, this thing kept happening where if I drank, if I went out drinking, I'd lose my voice the mm-hmm. next day because I was, it would just dehydrate the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Irritate the parts. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, so I wake up the next day, I have no voice. I'm like, son of a bitch, I got to do Adam Carolla's podcast <laughs> for the very first time oh. and I've never met him. This is why I said it, it shaves close to you. So I'm nervous, and I'm like, fuck, I got to go on. This is a big podcast, man, Like, and I don't have a voice. And I call the producer. She's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm like, okay. I go down. I'm, I, I, the anxiety's going already because I'm, I'm nervous. I get there. He's already going. I have never met him in my life. Uh, I meet him on the air. I go in, and he's like, oh, John, welcome to, you know. And we start talking. And he seems to take, like, a liking to me immediately. And we start talking, and we're talking about drinking early at the airport. Mm -hmm. And we're off to a good start, and we're laughing, whatever, right? So he's telling this story about trying to get a drink in the captain's lounge, the admiral's cup, whatever the fuck it's called, at 6 o'clock in the morning. It was a funny story. And he's telling me the story. And the brain zap starts mm, happening. Mm. And I go, I'm just staring at him. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. This happened on Bobby Lee's podcast. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And it's not stopping this time. It's not stopping. Now I can feel the literal panic attack starting because of the brain zap. Because it doesn't stop. And I'm literally, I, I start sweating. I start looking around the room to like, not like, like I'm like doing this, like you're yeah. him. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's funny. It's funny. Cause uh, you know, and I'm not calling attention to it. I'm just trying to like ride it. And I'm like, I say to myself, I'm like, you have to look at him. You're going to look fucking crazy right now. Right. <laughs> so, so I go, in my head, I go, the good part is, is Adam Carolla doesn't care about you, and there are five other people he can look at right now. 
he will look at them instead of you to tell this story. Well, just like with the Ryan, are you coming to the show thing, I was wrong. Adam <laughs> seemed to actually like me. <laughs> and I looked at him, and he was Zeroed locked. In on you. I, yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, we're just locked eyes. I, well, that's it. I can't look away. And, and he's telling me the story, and I'm going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, dude, he's like... Going in and out. Going and in going and out. Going into like a tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. And then my brain starts going, that's Adam Carolla, dude. Isn't that weird? You used to watch The Man Show. Remember that? Remember when you used to watch The Man Show? Remember he was on Loveline? Remember that show? That's weird. <laughs> you finally That's get to talk to him and you're going to fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's weird you're sitting across from this guy, right? <laughs> Did you ever think you'd be sitting across from this guy? That's weird. And dude, it's fucking going. Yeah. And I'm talking like, you know, we're like five minutes in now. Yeah. And, uh, and I turn and I start drinking water and Drew, I swear to God, dude, I was about to say to him, and I don't know if he noticed He's pretty, he's pretty tuned in. So I'm, I'm going to guess you heard a story about me having a panic attack. No, no. He didn't, he didn't say anything. Okay. He did not call it out All if right. he did notice. Right. Um, so I don't know if he noticed. He mm. might have noticed like this guy's acting a little weird for yeah. a minute. Or maybe he didn't notice at all. I yeah. don't know. I was still staying in it and responding and stuff, but I wasn't, certainly wasn't on my game, A game for five minutes. And I just turned and I started drinking water. And I was about to say to him like, Adam, I'm really sorry. Like, I have to go to the bathroom. Like, I don't, I feel like I might faint. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And in that moment, it just broke. I, f it, I could feel it kind of break. Yeah. And I just exhaled. And then I was back and I was fun and, and we had fun and we were laughing and we had a great time. Mm. And I left that studio and I was like, I'm never fucking taking one of these pills for as long as I live. And I was on an introductory dose for that stuff. So yeah. I was like, okay, the worst case scenario is, is I'll have whatever bullshit my, my body's going to have from going off the introductory dose. But at least I don't have to stair step down. There's yeah. nowhere to stair step yeah, down from. Good. So I called my doctor, doctors, and I said, I'm never taking that stuff again. I'm not taking any meds ever again. Mm. And they said, why and i and i said well because of this and i told them that story and then i said and you know what for as good as prozac was for me every fucking thing came back as soon as i went off oh of course and i said so i'm done i'm gonna deal with this head on and i'm gonna good. state practices in my own life that are gonna allow me to accept good. and deal with this good for you and i have for the most part it's great Takes time. Uh, Brain changes slowly, slowly. But I got to tell you, man, like despite, now I had anxiety all night last night because, you know, certain things will trigger it. Like I'm coming on, you mm. know, I was I was excited to come on your show. Thank you, by the way, for moving it to 9.30 a.m. Because I couldn't, that was my fault. Oh. Because I got the days mixed up. Okay, all good. And I called and I was like, I'm so sorry. I thought this was fr uh, Saturday. I didn't realize it was Friday. And, and you no guys problem. were nice enough to accommodate. But I was like, it, I got to be there at 930. I, I can't miss my alarm. I've never missed my alarm, but you still worry about it. Mm -hmm. And I woke up coughing at about, I went to bed around midnight, and I woke up coughing around 1.30 a.m., and then my anxiety started going. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, am I sick? And I'm like, you're not sick. Just Jesus Christ, just relax. And then the next thing you know, you can't sleep the whole night. Yeah, yeah. Now... I'd rather have a night like that here and there than the zaps. I, I get it. Yeah. I, I um I had an experience. Sorry, that was very long winded. It's good. We're, we're going to get to the, the stuff the the stuff of this show in a second. But I just want to say I, I was uh, years ago. I was on the Today Show. I used to go do it regularly, and it was like six in the morning, which is four in the morning my time, or three in the morning my time, and um, 
and the sleeplessness and sleep stuff makes the anxiety worse. And I was talking to Matt Lauer, and we were just the two of us on set talking about, I don't remember what the hell we were talking about. And I started having a panic attack. And I block when I have panic attack. I can't, I can't think. I just wow. have complete blocking. And I remember it started going, and he leaned into me, looked at me like, are you okay? And I thought, oh, i got to get my shit together. And it passed, much like you described the thing passing. The other thing I... I, I was scared, by the way. I was scared it was going to happen today. Yeah, well, I was scared whatever, I was going to be you know. talking to you, yeah. and because of your connection to Adam, yeah, yeah. it was going to just trigger me. Again. And if it does, so what? You know, you got you got to get very philosophical. Also, about it. I thought I was on the Dr. Dre podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, to disappoint. But <laughs> his picture, wait, I believe. Kind of <laughs> did I not see his picture on the wall over here? I saw the part of the mural. I think Dre was up there. If I, saw I thought it. of that joke two days ago, and I was like, I bet a thousand people yes, have done been, this. It's show. been said. Okay, okay. right. no, not on this show. Not so much on this show. Go ahead. But no, I I swear to God, I was nervous yeah and then when they were and then when they were saying i love how i love how open this all is this is so good by the way i would do this with like michael rapaport <laughs> <laughs> whoever's I'm not, so, I'm not so sure what you get back with right. mike, but, but i just i'm very at least understand i'm an open book but no but um i love i love how open this is and but but like when they said today when they were like can you guys slide closer together oh yeah i was like I'm gonna get fucking panicky, man. We're sitting uh. too close, and like I'm gonna, we're gonna lock eyes, and it's gonna freak me out. Yeah, it's funny to these guys, but I, <laughs> I appreciate what that. I know what that is. You know, worrying about a panic occurring makes the panic occur, which makes you more pissed and makes it make it's a mess. Yeah, I, I, I have an Adam story with panic. Is I was we were on Love Line years and years ago, and uh, we were on a show, and this psychotic guy calls in, like really psychotic, like dangerously mentally ill. And he started talking about his medicine or something. And John Favreau was the guest. And he goes, "Hey, man, you don't listen to anybody. You don't." And, and I was like, "No, no, no, dude. This is you cannot. This is somebody dangerously ill. Don't say that." Right. We got in a fight. You and Favreau. Favreau got in a fight. Got a little bit in each other's face. Really? We've made up way long since. But but um, the next show wow. we did shows back to back, and we do like six a day. We go back, yeah, back yeah, change clothes, yeah. do another. One. And we did another one at the opening of the show. I had a full on panic attack. I mean, really, just like, like on full, during the taping or before you went during on? the taping, and I went. Excuse me, I need a minute, and uh, I and I went into my dressing room, uh, stopped the taping. Adam comes in there and he goes, "If I have to spend ten more fucking minutes in this studio because of you, I'm gonna fucking kick your ass. Get your ass out there. I'll carry the show. Shut up. Get your shit together. I don't give a shit what you're feeling. Just get on that set." And it worked. I was wow. able to get, he just he just screamed, and now he claims that now the way to manage all panic attacks is just bust balls on the person that's having it. Was 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 that his motive? Was that his motive? Was it to like I'm going to tough love Drew out of this, or was it literally him just being like, dude, stop fucking around? I don't have any time for this. It, it, very little was motivated for me. Okay. Okay. It was all it was all a intolerance of any feeling state that interrupts productivity. Mm -hmm. And B, he wanted to get the fuck out of there. And that, he was always in that want to get the fuck out of here mode. That, right. That's always his mode. Especially back then. He didn't like work back then. Now he has sort of an appreciation for the work he's able to do and that he's built his own pirate ship and stuff. But those days, anything that wasn't like fiddling with a car or doing carpentry, that was work and he hated it. He wanted to go right, home. sure. So, all right, speaking sure. of work, we got work to do here. Let's, let's go right to some voice messages. Let's do it and uh, get a load of how this show works here, my friend. Here we go. Okay. Hey, Dr. Drew, I need your help. My name is Ethan, 31-year-old male. The past 10 or so years, I have been suffering 
from premasteric muscle spasms uh, on one side of my groin. Hmm. These spasms range from my lower stomach region all the way down to the back of my right testicle, just unilateral, one side. The only information that I've been able to get on this is that I have a herniated disc in my fucking lower L something lumbar spine, but the doctor says it has nothing to do with what could cause my muscle spasms. Any sort of infection, epididymitis, whatever, has yes. been ruled out. Pretty uh-huh. much the doctors say, too bad, so sad. What can I do? Oh, dude. I I, um, I have a hard time believing that's what this is. I mean, cremasteric muscles are the muscles that pull your testes up when you get cold. Those okay. are the muscles in there. And uh, they don't really spasm. And it's certainly when they do spasm, it doesn't go up into your back. That's more the pelvic musculature. And it really makes me worry that there's some inflammatory thing. No way that it's at your age that it's lumbar disc disease. That's something that happens to old people. I mean, th- to, to this degree where you're getting that kind of neuropathic or radiculopathic pain. But I, I would want to get a CAT scan of your pelvis or an MRI of your pelvis, see if something structurally is remiss. And this idea that it's, hey, it's not epididymitis. Epididymitis can be extremely difficult to, to detect. And you should probably take an extended course of antibiotic and anti-inflammatory to make sure it's not prostate or epididymitis or something along that track. I don't like, I, humbly, I don't like the care you're getting. You need to get somebody to really sit and listen to you and, and do, some, do some good thought. What do you say? Sound good? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand a fucking word you just said. <laughs> yeah, get a better so. doctor. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, get a urologist. Right. Get a cat. Get an MRI. Get an ultrasound. Ne- yeah, never get your antibiotics. Li- never get your liver ultrasounded. <laughs> Ruin it. It's like God if you want to bum your party, you, you bum your high. Get your liver. Get your liver. It's scanned. like it's like getting a test for herpes when you never had an outbreak, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, it could be this. Could be that. Could be this. Could be." This. It's like you're better off just not fucking just just roll with it. Baby. No, you are. But but that is a great point. There's embedded in what you just said is something really important. Doctors should not be doing tests unless they know what they're going to do with the results and know what they're looking for. And if you don't have clinical features of herpes, the blood tests don't mean shit. Right. They don't mean anything. So this is that's a perfect example. Well, I don't of have how, clinical features of fatty liver. So what the hell do we do? Well, <laughs> using a lot of alcohol is one of the clinical features of fatty liver. I took liver, a month so. off. It's erased. How fast does it come back? Pretty quick. Pretty quick. All right. Uh, sneezing. A couple things. First, is it true the heart stops when sneezing? Well, I mean, you bear down when you're sneezing. It slows your heart. Uh, why? That's why we say, God bless you after a sneeze. Second, why do we sneeze anyway? Thank you and touch my camera through the fence. I don't know what the neurobiological evolutionary mechanism is, though. Most things, most mammals yawn and sneeze, and it's a way of clearing your track, your, your respiratory track. Oh, what are you doing here? Why do we sneeze? Well, it's an allergic reaction, viral infection. When it happens, your body needs to get rid of, as I said. It's just it's just an expulsion. It, it, it for whatever reason has minor adaptive advantages, maybe a vestige of something from our past. All right, here we go. Thirty three year old male. Uh, pretty much every day of my life, I've had either French fries, pizza, steak, hamburger for dinner every day of his life. <laughs> you got to visit Joe's uh, restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> they have other things there. No greens, don't take supplements. I'm 165 pounds, 5'8". Calcium score test done. He's 33. Uh, two to four sodas a day. I have no medical issues other than NF1, neurofibromatosis, I guess he's talking about. Uh, I'm some sort of medical marvel. or going to die next week. Thank you, me, beat me. Well, I mean, this is the, um, this is the genius of good genetics and youth. Uh, and much the way we've been talking about alcohol, there you can only... You can only outmaneuver your genetics and and your aging so far right and so yeah you have pizza whatever your diet you, you don't you don't have an ounce of fat on you okay 
shit will start happening. Stay on top of it and adjust when they tell you to. It's obviously not the ideal situation. Even with all your excellent genetics, you could you could optimize your health more. You're not doing yourself any any favors with all that. But much the way I tell you, it's like you're drinking. You're, you know, everyone's got to. I, I don't like people getting preachy about how other people should live their life. It really bothers me. Yeah, uh, I my, I feel like. I hear you. And my dad was, I always bring him up as a family practitioner. He was very philosophical in his approach to medicine. He's like, no, you know, I, he, you know, people want to, he, he, even when you get that way with cigarettes, he go, people want to smoke cigarettes, important to them. I'd rather they not, but this is, this is, everyone's got to live their life, take, take their chances. And he's, he got very philosophical about uh, us affecting the quality of life and thriving through demanding medical interventions. Yeah. That's the, that's the tough part. Uh, I think. I think if your lifestyle, uh, uh, if your lifestyle is improved by bad behavior, it's it's a lot harder to justify cutting out the bad behavior. The, the one thing I will tell you, I and you're using a euphemism, a lifestyle, but you're saying if if you're thriving and you're enjoying yourself, right, and you're doing well, who am I to say? However, see, see, I because I have like. You know, I have a, as Brad, as Adam says, he has a crystal brain. I have a crystal brain. I right. can see the future. Uh, medically, I can see that there's going to be some stuff ahead, and I don't want you to have to suffer that. And we got to make sure we stay on top of when the, when the time comes, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I agree. Here's a loneliness. This is back to what you're saying about the pandemic. Yes, uh, loneliness epidemic in the U.S. <clears throat> I myself wonder if most of the cool guys and gals features in your mom house are the way they are because they are lonely. Have you seen some of the videos and stuff we look at? That's why they make me sad. They kind of break my heart. At what point do people go from single to the weird alone person? I think it's one of the criteria is number of cats. Uh, and how do people get <laughs> off that path once they start? Thanks for keeping high and tight. Uh, Joe, this is Joe, another Joe, not good morning, Julia Joe. Um, so, yeah, loneliness is what you were sort of zeroing in on with the pandemic, which I thought was, yeah. re- was horrible what we did to people, uh, both not just in terms of sort of taking people's thriving away, their livelihood and their engagement in the world. You couldn't do these things. You also were alone and and they were scaring the shit out of you. It was terrible. It's funny. It's funny. Excuse me. I was, I've been, I've been sniffing around at, at potentially uh, buying some property somewhere. And I spoke to, I spoke to uh, some loan officers and, you know, mortgage, whatever, brokers, whatever you call them. And, uh, there was, there was one guy that was like, 2020, I'm seeing a lot of uh, your income is unemployment. I go, yeah, I go, it was a lockdown. I go, dude, I go, I... Where lo-. was he? Where was this guy? Was Where, he in New York? Or, uh, or was he in no. like Texas? It was Be, a, because neither. It was a different place. Because I'm saying, if you weren't in California, New York, you might not even have known what the fuck was going on in our states. I know. Yeah, well, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't either. But, but it was... But I go... I go, listen, man, I'd love to wave a wand and allow my 2019 income to become my 2020 income, but that's not what it is. Like, I was locked in an apartment with zero work for two years. Yeah. Like, I, I don't it's know awful. what to tell you, man. Like, and, and why, yeah. you know, why people, and back in the day when that was happening, I remember people going, it's just money. Why you, don't you want to save people's lives? It's just money. I'm like, no, no this is... This is the very core of what makes life worth living you're fucking with. You know, it's weird. Despite all the negatives I could say about it, I don't know that I'd trade it for anything. Those uh, years. Yeah, because, hey, man, 
you know, I, I can only speak for my own experience, right? People have been through worse. My dad was in Vietnam for Christ's sakes. You know what I mean? Like, it's Correct. like, so, you know, I know people that have family that died in 9-11. I know people that were at 9-11 when it happened and didn't die. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's like, there is, people have have suffered their tragedies. And I do think that tragedy is potentially an opportunity for growth. I'm not, I'm not getting into... Uh, at least learning. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not going to, I don't, you know, I know there's a bullshit, in my opinion, there's a bullshit version of that. No, I get you're like, not bullshit. God gives I, you I, your, no, I yeah, it. I don't I, mean it like I that. get it. But yeah, so. God um, gives you only what you can tolerate. Yeah, exactly. Not always. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I was saying that less for your benefit and more for the internet trolls that'll call me a, a pussy. Uh, <laughs> but no. It's not fun. Yeah, the, um, the, um, but, but yeah, no, no, like it's, it's, it's. That's why I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't want to experience it again. But life throws something at you, and you go, hey, man, I got through it, mm -hmm. and and I am different and better for it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have gotten to the place of saying, I'm not going to take these meds anymore. Like, I, you know, I wouldn't have gotten to I wouldn't have opened a, re a sale, restaurant and bar. I wouldn't I, have done I, it. I'm glad you have that orientation on it, yeah. and, and that's a wonderful way to look at things. And I'm glad you were able to thrive through it. I, I deal with a lot of people that did not. Absolutely. They were destroyed by it. And, and, I and think I'm angry for those people. I'm angry for those people yeah. too. Yeah. I think, I think that's why I say that this is not me saying, hey, it was a positive rep no, I and get a negative. It. No, no. I'm saying like. You're saying, uh, you're saying something very important. And yeah. I, it really, it really needs to be said on the heels of a conversation like this is, Humans can adapt and thrive in any situation. You got it. You got to. You got to do that. You have to grow. You have to keep moving forward, one foot in front of the other. I don't even mean it like that, honestly, Drew. I don't mean it like that. What I mean is, it was the worst time of my life. I don't want to ever revisit it. It's the closest I ever was to suicide. However, if you could wave a wand and take that away from me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I get, let you. I get that. That's all I mean. I, I totally understand. You know what I mean? More voice message. Yeah, yeah. Go what ahead. You got? Sorry. Yeah. Let's no. do it. Let's roll. No, no. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Mommy. Ooh. My name's Haley, and Haley. I have a question about buttholes. Um, <laughs> so a lot of my friends have told me that they have hemorrhoids, mm -hmm. and my mom has hemorrhoids. A lot of people I know have hemorrhoids, <laughs> and I recently turned 27, and guess what? I have a fucking hemorrhoid. Oh. And I just wondered if that's, like, inevitable. Everybody gets hemorrhoids uh. after a certain age. Like, what's going on? All right. Um, anyways, thanks for your help. Let me know. <laughs> Thank you, Haley. Thanks for the butthole question. Uh, women say when they say butthole, they don't pronounce the T's. They it's, say butthole? They say butthole. <laughs> Almost without exception. <laughs> Unless I bring it to their attention. They, they all do that. Uh, hemorrhoids <laughs> do have a genetic basis to them. Mom had them. Some of you had them. Pregnancy, most women get them during pregnancy because all that pressure down there, they are just expanded veins around the butthole. Yeah. And um, they are not inevitable for everybody. No, they're not, but they are very common. They're very common, and they easily treated, warm baths, corticosteroid creams, anusol creams, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. Um, and if you're having persistent hemorrhoids, sometimes they need to be banded or repaired in some way. And that's a pretty, it's a pretty nasty procedure. Yeah, I had a friend who had to get them banded. Yeah, it's, it's not just, fun. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's more than you think. But, yeah. but actually, they've improved the procedure. I, I, back in the day, people used to really complain about that procedure. Now they're like, eh, not fun, but, but manageable. Another one. We got to get. Hey, Dr. Hitler. I drink a lot. Why do you call you Dr. Hitler? Drink, you don't listen to if your mom's house. I'll pause and let you <laughs> All right, explain. So, I don't listen so, to any podcast. So, 
So um, there's many there's many greetings at your mom's house network, right? There's a lot of aloha and mahalo words. Okay. Uh, and those are, you bet I'll be coming up in May, which is this guy that was jacking off to a young, whatever. <laughs> the guy looked like Ed Asner. Um, there is uh, keep feathering it, uh, mommy, jeans. These are all sort of yes. code words for you. you mommy uh, jeans, I know. We understand each other. It's, it's aloha. It's aloha. Mm-hmm. But one of them is this girl, this psychotic girl that did a series of video monologues, vlogs. Uh, and every day she would sign on and she thought she was talking to Hitler. And she would start every conversation with, hey, Hitler. <laughs> and so, hey, Hitler has become another greeting. And um, Nailed it. Yeah. And some of my family members find that deeply problematic. And I, I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's not, it's not about that guy. It's about this girl. And, well, they're making fun of this psychotic girl. Well, that's not it's cool. Kind of, it's that's kind not of about cool him. either. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. You're breaking a few rules. <laughs> right. I also like that, hey, Hey Hitler. Becomes high Hitler. Yeah, it's like the Gen Z version of high Hitler. Yes. Yeah, it's like hashtag hey Hitler. Uh, so there it is. So here we go. So I, I try to I try to minimize those greetings because I know people get weird about it, but here we go. I won't hey, get Dr. Weird. Hitler. I drink a lot, but sometimes when I drink, I feel a sharp pain in my liver. Mm. And then immediately after I have to go piss and it burns. I was wondering huh. what this means. You know, should I stop drinking as much? And just curious about it, you know? All right. So, uh, obviously, the easy thing for me to say is, of course, I'm drinking. Uh, do you ever get pain in your liver from drinking? No, it's kind of unusual. There, there is kind of a, a sheath around the liver that can, when it swells, it can become sort of problematic. You, you ever had it when you were a kid and you were running and you get that kind of stitch in your side? That's, yes. That's blood into the yes. liver. It's swelling. Okay. And uh, drinking can do the same thing. Why that would be associated with irritation of your urethra, I have no idea. However, my suspicion is it's just an incidental um, observation that you're putting causation on. In other words, whenever you drink alcohol, particularly beer, and you pee, it, you're, you'll feel some irritation. Wow. You could feel some irritation. Anyway. Okay. So, I don't see, I don't, I don't have any of that. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. How, how, about, how about a TikTok or something? What do you guys got? Oh, I was going to ask if I could diagnose one. You could tell me how off I was. Uh, Are you allowed uh, to you do that? Voice that sounds yeah. fun. You want a voice message or a I, Can I ask yeah, to of do course. that? What do you want? I just don't want to overstay my welcome here. Dude, you're fine. Okay. This is all good. Well, okay. let's give him an audio first. Let's give him a, uh, let's, let's warm him up with something. Uh, and then, but then you, you do your... I'll do, I'll do yeah, my yeah, thing. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Don't worry. All right. All right. All right. It's all good. Hey, Dr. Drew in the booth, boys. It's Tyler from Southern California. I got a question about Brown for you. Uh, you ever let a wet fart go, or maybe you don't do such a great job wiping your booty hole, and it starts to itch? That's disgusting. What is the mechanism that causes that itch? Is it itching because of the doo-doo down there on your skin, or is it itching because your booty hole knows like it's supposed to be clean? What, what causes that? And a follow-up question, if I was to take some poop and rub it on my arm, would it eventually start to itch the same way? Right. I love, like, I love the feeling? scientist. I don't know, man. I guess he's got too much free time. Is what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yes. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Keep him high and tight. Love you guys. Thank you, man. I love that he's, he does have too much time in his hand. But yeah. the human brain, boy, watch out. Ready? Well, go ahead. Ready? What was his name? I didn't catch it. Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. Well, Tyler, uh, that's actually what you're experiencing is actually a survival mechanism. Uh, cavemen, for instance, didn't have underwear 
or towels or ways to know that they were cleanly in certain areas. And what your anus is doing when it itches, it's called fecal recognition, and it's it's your anus allowing your body to know instead that it needs to be cleansed so so bacteria and such other terrible things don't occur down there because of uh, the presence of fecal matter. Slow clap. So uh, I, I love the evolutionary biology because always all answers are embedded in evolution one way or another. I'm not sure this would have been the explanation, but okay, good for you. Okay. Um, so it just harkens back to the one phenomenon that anything irritating skin surfaces, epithelial surfaces, particularly squamous epithelial surfaces, which is your anus and your skin, uh, any irritation presents as itching. So it's irritating. Why that is irritating, it probably has something to do with what you're talking about. Like, so, like so, <laughs> so, so, Somehow there's probably some evolutionary advantage to keeping that area clean. But uh, it, it, I suspect back in evolutionary heritage, though, we were unclean all the time, as you say. And we probably weren't as sensitive and probably didn't get as irritated as easily and stuff. And it's just so. an irritation. You left some stuff. Anything that's sort of causing friction or anything back there will cause irritation and itching. So, so why, why does, but wh- it will not get to your skin. Skin is a little thicker. And so would, you could not put stool on your skin and expect irritation. Yeah. Cause so he wouldn't make his armpit itch. It would, it might make your, I'm trying to think of really thin skin. Uh, it might make your eyelids itch or your, like your testicles. But why, so, why would, why would fecal, the presence of, and I really am asking this. Why, why would, would it be irritating? Presence, yeah. Why would that cause irritation, especially in that area? It, it because the, the, the outside, I'm going to, now this is how I, I'm going to speculate here. The outside of the anus isn't designed to be ex- chronically exposed to that material the way just inside the anal verge is. It's okay. a different kind of material. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing there's some adaptive advantage to keeping that clean. You know what's interesting? How, how so many cultures get weird about that area. You right. know, you ha- you're not allowed to touch back there. You can't wait. You have to use a bidet and you can't touch. And woo, you can get kind of wild about it. Yeah. And, then, and that has evolutionary adaptation to it too because oral fecal transmission of infectious disease is one of the leading causes of death in the world still. Really? Yeah. Not no in this country. But yeah. Wow. All right, let's watch something. Let's watch something. Give me like a TikTok or something. All right, all right. I'll yes. give you some TikToks. I want to get Joe into something visual here. That sounded pervy. <laughs> Are you going to make love to me now? I don't make love. I fuck. Oh! Hard. Oh! What is on his... Is that a heat? It's on his shirt. Mushrooms? Uh, it's a taco. <laughs> it's a taco yeah. on the right, yes. And the, the left side is a cupcake. Oh, those lines my God, the, how did you see that? Because I thought it was a mushroom, too, and then you look at the below, yes, it's, the it's lines a, yes. are a, uh, the wrapper. Yes, it is a cupcake and a taco. Now, is this guy, what does duet me, LOL mean? What it, does that mean? It means, like, be. let's go live together, like live Instagram. So we're both, like, talking, almost like a FaceTime. What? How, how, old, how old are you? <laughs> Tell me your age. You're 64. This is the saddest Yes, fucking society sad. we've yes, ever lived thank in. Thank you. That a, a man twenty years older than me is explaining to me how TikTok works <laughs> because this is what we have all reduced ourselves to at this point. This is I'm not. I don't say there's a knock to you. I'm just saying this is what have we become as a culture? What is happening? I know. I'm, what is I, happening? I, I, You're a doctor for Christ's sake, dude. Days. I spent half my day saying that in my head. Cons like, what is going on here? And you and you and, and, and I think feel like I live in the upside down. Yeah, yeah. And, and I what? And you have the nerve to ask me why I keep drinking? 
You have the audacity. The temerity. You're right. There is a lot packed into that. <laughs> give us one more. Give us one. I get sad of people like that. They're lonely is what well, I think. You know, I think they're lonely. I, I well, you, you never know. He might. Maybe he does fuck a lot. Maybe he's he doesn't fuck a lot, but maybe he does fuck hard. But also, <laughs> is, he, is he joking or is he serious? Like I, that's the part I, you can't I, tell. Anymore. I have you know when people do these voiceover things. That there's a lot of that flying around Instagram and TikTok. I don't get what they're doing. I just it, all, nine times out of ten, I go, "Why did you?" I just think to myself, "What are you? What are you doing? Why are you to do that?" Anyway, sure, give another one. Uh, we're gonna switch it up from TikToks to horrible or hilarious. Okay, okay, this will be our last one. Uh-oh. Oh shit! What is that? A truck? <gasps> what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, when did he fall into the sky? So, so this dude was ice fishing, like in one of those tents that was on the back of a truck, and I think the truck just didn't know he was in there and just started moving. And, and so he flew. He flew onto the ice, or where he did flew he flew underneath, like underneath the tent, but on top of a frozen lake. All right, well, oh, that's that's, good. that's right. funny. That's we what, we yeah. both saw somebody skydiving. That's what we thought we yeah. saw. And so without a without a parachute. Yeah, yeah holy so now shit. Without context, you want one more time. Wait, what's with the computer screen in there? Right? Is that that's what that a, is? That's a window. A window. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, that, okay. 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 So this, so it. just bef- real quick before we play All it again. Right, yes. I thought that this was a. Uh, uh, payload of a plane i thought well yeah Yeah, that's what i thought i thought it was a production guy i did Uh, think it was a plane and i thought it was a production guy then i was like this must be a guy like setting up for like a mission impossible yes yes that's kind of what i was thinking too but what you see is you see the ice the holes in the ice for the fishing okay because it looks like lights and monitors and it looks like sandbags and and microphone stands thousand percent that's exactly what i thought okay so we're we're far enough away watching this that we can't quite make out what's going on there so okay now it's all fishing equipment got it all right, one more. He's tying things up. Oh, yeah! <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, you see him land on the snow. Uh, it's fu- <laughs> it's funny to. It's also not funny because he lands in a way where it looks like he breaks his ankle. It, it could be the thing was twisted around. But the scream was funny, right? The scream is really funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A scream is always. You know, it's always I, funny. Joe's point is well taken, which is even when these things are hilarious, they're not just hilarious. They're also disturbing and problematic. The uh, I enjoyed that, though. I did, too. I enjoyed, I just, this, just I enjoyed this whole experience with you. Thank you for coming in here. Appreciate Dude, it and talking. I, and I had so such open. a nice time with you. Yeah, it was and, fun. Uh, you should come on Taste Buds. All right. And and argue food with us. Okay. And if you ever want to talk about movies, come on, we'll see you in hell. But I would love to return the favor, and, and uh, I hope to see you again. Do that here in Austin? No, what are you doing, New York. No, but we'll see you in hell Zoom only. But I'm in New York a lot. So, yeah. So, but we do. We'll see you in hell on Zoom. You okay. can zoom in anytime. Okay. And talk movies with us, or and we'll see. And taste buds when you're in New York, you can just come on. Yeah, I'm there all the time. So but please, we'll please, that would be great. I would like that. Yeah, yeah. This was fun, man. All Thanks right, my friend. Everybody. So keeping that cognitive behavioral therapy is working, and uh, stay off some of those meds. They they aren't the solution. They're they're helpful when you. You're in your home alone thinking about suicide. Very helpful, yes. but uh, not necessarily the, the solution. So yes. good for you. No, no, everything is good. Thank you for all your input. And I'm gonna take your. I, I, I mean it. I'm gonna take the liver feedback into. Yeah, just take. Do what you will. 
it's live your life, but uh, but you know, don't don't kid yourself. Don't, sounds, don't, sounds a little don't bit like yourself. a contradiction to what he was saying before. Joe DeRosa <laughs> is uh, well. No, it's, I'm getting philosophical. Taste buds pod, taste buds podcast, yes. and we'll see you in hell, as he said. Uh, go check out the restaurant. Wait, what's the restaurant called? I want to get restaurant's it. called Joey Rose's uh, Bar and Sandwich Shop, uh, Lower East Side, one seven four Rivington Street, New York City. Joey Rose's nyc.com we're open every day at 11 30 a.m 174 rivington, rivington street yep. yep and then uh and then i'm on the road like crazy coming up in the new in this new year uh go to joe DeRosa info but uh Perfect. vancouver the south all over the place all right thank you my friend we'll see you all next time all conversations and information exchanged during participation of the dr drew after dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.